are so many reasons why we should praise the Lord, many things for which we can thank and praise Him. Our gospel song this week suggests a few. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, blessed be the name of the Lord, the glories of my God and King. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus, the name that calms our fears. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Tis music to the sinner's ear. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He breaks the power of canceled sin. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His blood can make the foulest clean. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I shall never forget that day. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When Jesus washed my sins away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hi everyone, this is Linda. And this is Glenn. And you're listening to Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. Here's where we talk about those old songs we grew up listening to in our church. And we study the authors and the events that lead to the writing of these great old songs of our faith. And it's usually very interesting, the events and the authors' lives that sometimes in the life, and not only in his life, but the life of the church. History is important to remember as we learn so much from those that have gone before us and given so much. Scripture is a foundation of these great old songs, and it is the building block of our worship today. I love to sing these songs that praise my Lord Jesus Christ. It's a blessing to my heart too, Linda. I love taking these old hymns and giving them a more modern sound and arrangement. We don't drastically change the mood of our songs, but we share them with modern instruments and styles. And people say they sing along with these with joy and praise to our Lord. Charles Wesley was born in Epworth, England, on December the 18th, 1707. Charles Wesley was the youngest son and 18th child of Samuel and Susanna Wesley. In 1716, he went to Westminster School, where his oldest brother, who was an usher at the school, provided him with lodging and food. In 1721, Charles was, was elected King's Scholar and, as a result, received his board and education free. In 1726, Charles Wesley was elected, elected to the Westminster Studentship at Christ Church, Oxford, where he earned his degree in 1729 and became the college tutor. In the early part of the same year, his religious ideas were much deepened, and he became one of the first group of Oxford Methodists. In, in 1735, Charles proceeded with his brother John to Georgia, both being employed as missionaries of society for the propagation of the gospel in foreign parts. This was a Church of England missionary organization active in the British Atlantic world in the 18th and 19th centuries. He returned to England in 1736, and for many years he became a tireless itinerant and field preacher with his brother. On April the 8th, 1749, he married Miss Sarah Gwynne. 
His marriage, unlike that of his brother John, was a happy one. His wife was accustomed to accompany him to all the evangelistic journeys, which were frequent even unto the year of 1756, when he ceased to travel, and mainly devoted himself to the care of the societies in London and Bristol. Bristol was his headquarters until 1771, when he moved with his family to London, and besides attending to the societies, devoted himself much, as he had done in his youth, to the spiritual care of prisoners in Newgate. Charles Wesley had long been troubled about the relationships of Methodism to the Church of England and strongly disapproved of his brother's ordination. Wesley, like he expressed his approval in the most outspoken fashion, but as in the case of Samuel at the earlier period, the differences between the brothers never led to a breach in their friendship. He died in London on March the 29th, 1788. His brother John was deeply grieved because he would not consent to be buried in the burial ground of the City Road Chapel, where he had prepared a grave for himself. But Charles said, I have lived and I die in the communion of the Church of England, and I will be buried in the yard of my parish church. Eight clergymen of the Church of England carried his casket he had a large family, four of whom survived him, three sons, who all became distinguished in the musical world, and one daughter who inherited some of her father's potential genius. Blessed Be the Name of the Lord was composed by William Kirkpatrick. The song was copyrighted in 1888 and first published in Carter and Simpson's 1891 Hymns of the Christian's Life. The song expresses blessings to the Lord for what he has done for us in Christ. Our song praises Christ for his grace. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. The glories of my God and King, the triumphs of his grace. Jesus Christ is our great Redeemer because we have redemption through his blood, as we see in Ephesians 1.7. Therefore, we should sing his glories of our God and King by giving glory to his name, as also written in Psalms 115.1. The triumph of his grace mean that we can be saved from our sins. See Ephesians 2.8 and 9. Our song continues to praise Christ for his name. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ear. Tis life and health and peace. Jesus is the name that charms our fears because it means that he shall save his people from their sins, as we see in Matthew one twenty one. It is music in the sinner's ears because there is salvation in no other name. Read Acts 4.12. And the name of Jesus means life and health and peace to all who act in his name, as we read in Colossians 3.15-17. Our song praises Christ for his blood. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulness clean. <laughs> 
As a result, those who are prisoners to sin are made free from sin upon their obedience to his doctrine. See Romans six seventeen through 18 This is made possible because we are redeemed by his blood, as we read in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. I never shall forget that day that Jesus washed my sins away, seen in Revelation 1, 5. The actual phrase, blessed be the name of the Lord, is found in the Bible three times. In Job 1, 21, it's that suffering saint's faith-filled response to the trials he is going through. He said, Naked I came into the, to the world from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the right name of the Lord. In Psalms 113, 1-2, it's part of a great exclamation of praise. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. In Daniel chapter 2, the prophet is a slave to the court of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. There is there he is also called by the king to reveal forgotten dream and explain its meaning. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered, he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, Daniel two nineteen and 20. To these may be added many variations, such as, Blessed be the Lord, Psalms forty one thirteen, and bless the Lord, Psalms 103, 1. The Hebrew word translated blessed or bless is brach. It means to kneel, as in reverent submission before a sovereign, or to offer praise. As a hymn writer, Charles Wesley was unique. He is said to have written no less than 6,500 hymns, and through the course in such a vast, vast number, are such a vast number are unique and unequal in merit. It is perfectly marvelous how many which are rise to the highest degree of excellence. His feelings on every occasion of importance, whether private or public, are found their best expressed in a hymn. His own conversion, his own marriage, the earthquake panic, the rumors of an invasion from France, every festival of the Christian church, every doctrine of the Christian faith, amazing scenes in scripture history, amazing scenes which came within his own view, the deaths of friends as they passed away, one by one before him. All these furnished occasions for the exercise of his divine gift. Nor, was, nor must we forget his hymns for little children, a branch of his poetry. It would simply be impossible in the space, within our space, to list even those of the hymn that have become classics. It has been the common practice, however, for a hundred years or more to attribute all translations from the German to John Wesley. He was the only one of the two brothers who knew that language, 
and to assign to Charles Wesley all the original hymns, except such as are traceable to John Wesley through his journals and other works. The list of 482 original hymns by John and Charles Wesley listed in the Directory of Hymnology have formed the importance of the Methodist hymnody and show the enormous influence of the Wesleys on the English hymnody of the 19th century. Charles Wesley has been justly awarded the title of the Bard of Methodism. This means the poet of Methodism. His prominence in hymn writing may be judged from the fact that the Wesleyan Hymn Book 623 of the 770 hymns were written by him, and he published more than 30 poetical works, written either by himself alone or in conjunction with his brother. The number of his separate hymns is at least 5,000. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Oh, how can we keep silent about the glories of our God and King? Jesus is that name that calms our fears, and it's music to this old sinner's ears. He breaks the power of sin over us and cancels its hold over our lives, sets us free. His blood has made the foulest clean. Just look at me. Can't you see the difference? I could never forget the day that Jesus washed my sins away cleansed me and made me free. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. This wonderful old song says it all. Have you found this wonderful truth real in your life? Do you have this wonderful calm assurance in your life today that these things are real in your life? Do you know in your heart of hearts that if you died today, you would go to heaven to be with God? Do you know you can know this without a doubt? No wondering, no guessing, no hoping, just absolute surety. Do you know Jesus said in his own words himself, he said, I come that you might know you have everlasting life. That's his very words. The only difference in people who have everlasting life and those who don't is those that do believe and trust have it and those who don't don't have it it's really that simple and it's really that complicated because we love ourselves and we love our own control over our lives and we think our way is the only way and it's the right way and nobody knows yet better than we do what's best for us we just don't want anybody to tell us what to do when we believe with the belief of, that the Bible talks about, our actions change. When we trust God instead of ourselves, we read his word, his love letter to us. His plan for us is there in his holy Bible. As we read, we recognize his powerful, wonderful, everlasting love for us. We have to respond. Our lives change, and as they do, we see we are better off aligning our will with his. Yes, Linda, we recognize his way is so much better for us than we ever imagined. Our love grows here, and we could have 
greater than we ever could have thought before we trusted him. If you've never taken this wonderful step of faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, do it today. There's never going to be a better time than right now. You see, you're not guaranteed another moment. No one has been so bad to be out of the reach of God's love. No one has been so good that they measure up to it either. What God wants from us is our brokenness. He is looking for our contrite hearts. He's looking for our sorrow, that we have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. He's looking for us to give up trying to please Him ourselves, because we can't. There's none righteous, no, not one. He's looking for confession of who we are to him, agreeing with him. We are wrong. Trusting him to make it right. That's what he wants from you. If you're not so full of yourself and your ego is not in the way, you can just trust him right now. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Now, Glenn, can forgive and do, blessed be the name of the Lord? Great. I'll play it on the sax, Vivian, you can sing, and Linda, you do all the rest. <laughs> Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, blessed be the name of the Lord. His music in Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
listening to our podcast today. We trust it was a blessing to you. It makes our day when we hear someone that was blessed by our podcast or music. We'd love to get an email from you. Just send it to glenn.dawson at glenn.dawsonea.com That's G-L-E-N-N dot Dawson at glenn G-L-E-N-N Dawson E-A.com you can find all our information on our website at www.glendawsonea.com. In addition to our email, you can find information about our Facebook page and Twitter information. You can also find links to our index of all our podcasts and links to all our music on YouTube. We hope you will enjoy those and remember now, we love y'all. God be with you, and bye for now.